Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, multidimensional healer and empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered high achievers like you to shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow impact-driven visionaries to energize you into living your bold. The only question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Them Bolden. Welcome, Femboldeners. I am so excited to sit here with Jeannie. Am I pronouncing? I didn't even ask you. I always ask that. Like, well, how do we pronounce your name? Can you please yes. share your full name for me? Yes, Jeannie Moravitz Smith. Beautiful. Jeannie is the founder of Dynamicism. Dynamism? Dynamism. Dynamism. Oh my gosh, I'm really screwing up today. Well, I'm I'm notorious <laughs> for creating these things that have it's hard to how to hard to pronounce. So it's oh dynamism leadership. Di- okay, perfect. Dynamic. Okay, today is just not working out. Leadership, formally HR. Is it RX or prescription? Yes. Okay, RX. RX. A leadership mindset and organizational development consulting firm established in 2005. Prior to becoming CEO, she held executive leadership roles at a variety of organizations. Now with over three decades of personal and professional experience, Jeannie has helped thousands of leaders learn how to take charge of the catabolic thoughts and feelings that control their mindset and replace them with anabolic energy. I just got all chills. I'm so excited for this. Jeannie holds certifications in leadership coaching energy leadership woohoo and human management as well as master as a, as well as a master of science degree in human resources Jeannie's clients state that she has helped them enhance their relationships, both professionally and personally, with themselves and others to enhance connection, attract and retain top client, and make massive profits. I'm really excited for this conversation, Jeannie, because I feel like that's something that so many businesses want. And it's always about it seems from somebody who doesn't, I mean, I own a business, but I don't have employees that I manage. It seems as though it's it's really about short-term improvements, right? Just the band-aid to get us to the next day. And no, there's, you very rarely see the the big picture uh, or, or it seems like people looking at the big picture, except for, you know, there's, there's are, there are those companies, the Silicon Valley ones, oftentimes thinking of their employees and how to retain the employees. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. It's so good to see you, Jeannie. It's so nice to meet with you. I'm really excited about this conversation because right before we hopped on, we spent about 10 minutes just chitting, chitting, chatting, and, and Jeannie's just got this incredible energy and um, this authenticity that I'm really excited to tap into. Jeannie, how are you today? Oh, who are you today? And like, what's going on in your world today? How, who, and what? Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to be here today. So who am I? Um, I have been, as you mentioned, three decades in my career has been human centric focused. So I, I've climbed the corporate ladder and then started my own business in 2005, but who am I at the core? And I realized this when I was finishing up my undergrad, I was majoring in marketing because that was the cool thing to do in the 90s. 
And it's probably still very cool to be have a marketing degree, but I couldn't get any classes. So I also didn't want to be like on the eight-year plan for an undergrad degree. So I went to my my coach, my counselor at school and said, where can I apply most of my units? And they said, well, there's there's public administration. And I'm like, that's the government. Like, I don't, I don't really see that working out for me, but okay. So my undergrads in public administration, but where I really, what really where the spark went off was in human resources. And they actually called it personnel management back then. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a couple classes I could take to fulfill the, the degree requirements. And I realized at that moment in time, I no longer had had to read that book and had to study for that test. I got to huge shift in your desire to show up more of who you are. And it came to me. I didn't have to be like going through assessments and figuring this out. But if you, now that I bring up the assessments, looking back in time, it was always related things that showed up in an assessment for me, like even at the junior college was something to help people like social work, those type of things. And so I didn't pay attention to them. I'm going into marketing because it's the cool thing to do, which is interesting because you shared with me a little bit more about this particular focus of this podcast is like, do we do what we think we should do because others are doing it or people told us to do? And if I had how a dime for every time somebody said, God, I wish I didn't go to medical school. I only did that because my parents told me to, Um, but I'm getting all over topic here. You're doing great. (laughs) I learned that I can add a lot of value to individuals who are struggling with this very thing. Do I follow what my parents were doctors? They were all surgeons, we're all in the middle, but I really don't. The sign of blood makes me sick, but I'm gonna do it just to, to make them proud. Or do I do I really learn what ticks me off and makes me tick and go down that road of what I'm truly passionate about? Mm. So it, like I said, it came to me early on, pretty early on. I was still yeah. still 20 and I was like, oh, or maybe 21. This is really fun for me to do. I really enjoy reading these books. And like I said, I no longer had to, I got to, it was an opportunity and it just like blossomed from there. So I've had people tell me, I can't believe you've been in human resources for all these years. And I go, well, why not? It's what, it's my passion. It's what I do. Mm -hmm. It's how I help people. I've also in my, my career from being, um, like I was my very first job out of the internship that I did at the city, the um, city of Chula Vista, they hired me as a clerk, HR clerk, which is the very most entry level. And the three days later, I got promoted to assistant. So I'm like, okay, I'm already down, going down the path. <laughs> so I ended up climbing the corporate ladder to vice president of HR. And so I really felt that this is my, my passion. And then when I went out on my own, it was just, it's just what I do. But back to when I was an HR, a W2 HR employee, the management would be like, you're not typical HR. I go, what's typical? Mm-hmm. And the difference right there is here's what HR should look like. Here's Jeannie showing up her whole self. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to meetings and HR 101, they would tell you, 
here, you're supposed to like really promote the policies and the processes. And then Jeannie's like, you know, those policies do kind of stink, but guess what? It's going to cost us $100,000 per employee or whatever if we don't comply. So how do we comply and still have fun doing it? That's the difference. So I didn't, it wasn't just black and white. There's a whole lot of gray. And then I always like to have fun. So people, I'm I'm 55 now, but people would say, Jeannie, like people don't normally do that. Like skip down the hall or have, if you could see my office right now, I have Nerf guns. <laughs> and so we used to have like the, the foam dart things in the office and people come by, I'd shoot them like in the foot or something, you know, it was like, you just, you have to have a good time. And I always say, if you can bring the inner child out mm-hmm. and whoever that is in you, like, why be so stuffy and typical? Like, be you. And so I think, so that's, that kind of says, who am I? How am I today? I'm doing great. It's Saturday morning, you know, and I think I have zero to complain about Mm -hmm. if you really put everything in perspective. So I'm doing really, really well. And so it was who, how, and what was that? Yeah. What's going on in your world today? What's going on in my world? So I've shared with you my, my history, where I'm at, I run my own business. I have been more intuitive and listening to what's percolating for me more so than ever in the last two, three months. So I create, I started thinking, what can, where can I add the most value to others who really need it right now? And I developed a program for women on confidence Mm. and it's going, it's, I've just shared it with a group. It's um, to get them, if they're interested in it first, they get the first dabs at the seats. Cause there's eight to 10 seats in a group coaching program. And to teach people almost exactly what we were talking about is showing up who they are and not being just so <sighs> feeling they have to do something when they really want to do something else, like brave up and be able to do and I say that lightly, braving up is not really like the word I like to use. My parent, my mom used to say, put your big girl panties on. And I would, and that, that ended up, I was like Wonder Woman with a cape. And then I slammed myself right into a brick wall. So we had, you know, there's that extreme too, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what I've been doing. And like, I'm every day I just grab that stack of like creativity pile that I've created. And I've been working on that program because I think that. More, and I'm going to start with women. And then this phase two is um, specific to HR people. And I really think those two programs going into the new year are going to add value to people. That's awesome. I love all of that. I knew we were kindred spirits because I, I also so. skipped down the hall as a PA. I would yeah. hop with my children, not my children, but my kiddos yeah. when I was working in primary care, I'd say, let's hop back over here. And oh, totally. And everybody would just, everybody would smile. Would everybody say that I was crazy? Yes. Did I care? No, <laughs> because everybody smiled and it was, it just made things more lighter. Absolutely. When people are like, that's not normal. And I'm like, define normal. Like mm-hmm. that is such a strange word anyway. What is normal? Mm-hmm. Like, just have fun and say, that's it. It's all about having a good time and bringing yeah. like, my son, he's 12. And so he's like, mom, you talk to everyone. I go, that person might not have had anybody talk to them today. Yeah. And guess what? Did you see them go from like a frown to like 
They, they lit, even the color of their skin changed a little bit because we showed we cared for five minutes while we're in line. Mm-hmm. Just be kind yeah. and be generous with your energy. And I, I'm fun. So why not share it? Why not lighten someone's day for even just a couple minutes? Why not? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I wholeheartedly agree. I love this. I love this. I do it all the time. Oh, okay. So this is awesome. I, I would love to know. So, so in, in your studies, everything I'm sure was by the book. And when you went into the HR career path, that was very much by the book. So how did you, this might be a a really too big of a question, but how did you go from listening, bringing your whole self, which is great. Let me, okay. Let me back up here. This is my actual question. How did you bring your whole self without getting burnt out within the confines of the way things are and policies? It's in, in corporate, there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of policies. So Mm -hmm. I think because I was in human resources and I was in charge of any policy that related to the people and you can't run a business with more than one person, unless you have policies and you have these other folks, these other people, these personalities. So because I was in charge, uh, you know, from once I became a manager, then I was a director and a VP. So I was in charge of how that was facilitated, how the policies were facilitated. So I touched on it a little bit earlier. So here's in California is the strictest state in the nation and it's so Mm pro-employee. So here's the policy. Here's the parameters we have to work with. What can we do so that it's still fun? So because I was that in that role, I was able to alter it in such a way that it worked for the organization. Now, being in HR and being the one responsible for those rules and regulations, I often had people challenging me left and right. And so, and I would challenge my directors and leaders, managers, because they were going directly against the policy. So the way that I would position it is, okay, so if you continue to do that, and I was very much a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, if the if the men in the room are going to talk like this, then I can talk like this too. Mm. And this is a whole nother day we could have a discussion on the difference between, I could say the exact same thing coming out of a female face and versus the male face or body, and it's perceived completely different. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other topic. But I had to learn how to prove to them that I was worthy of being in that room and valued as if anybody else was. And often I was the only female mm-hmm. and the youngest one. So I had people say, does your daddy know you're here? Mm. You know, and so I would, I was the youngest of six kids. My mom didn't take crap from anybody. So I pretty much this role model was like, what did you just say? Does your mommy know you're here? You know, like, cause I would just challenge them back. Now, a lot of people buy the book, typical, I'm going to just say HR people would say, oh my God, I cannot talk back to him. Right. He's the senior board of directors. Member, And I'm like, why can't you? Because guess what's happening? And my intuition was 
he's challenging you to see if you're strong enough. Yeah. And it was, you, you nailed it. It's exhausting. It's exhausting playing this political game. So I'll tell you quickly that the best, the hands down, the best story and one that I think people can get the most value out because I did um, climb the corporate ladder. Finally, HR is being invited to the board of directors meeting. This is huge. They have a seat for me at this big table, right? Like it's finally happening. And that in the, in the early 20, 20s, I guess it is, they, um, no, it would be early 2000s. Like, how do you say that? Because he's 90s yeah, and he's, then 20. <laughs> we're in the 20s right. now again, right? So I, right, okay. we talked about the early 2000s are really screwing us up too. So. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's perfect. So, so, uh, it was 2000 something. <laughs> and um, you, um, that was a goal of HR is to actually be invited to these meetings and have their opinion asked before any decision about big decision for the company was made. Mm-hmm. So I get invited. I'm super excited. You know, we know about this a month ahead of time, but the night before I get my suit ready, I'm all excited. I walk into the room the next day. Soon as I walk in, the most senior board of director meeting walk, member, male, walks over and says to me, I want some coffee. Can you get it oh. for me? And I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. But in that moment, and this has to do with energy leadership, you need to understand what's what just came to you, get it in your head, process it. And it happens seconds, seconds. Mm-hmm. I teach people how to do this. You have seconds to go, what just happened? What did I just hear? What value of mine is being compromised? What am I willing to do and risk? What am I, how am I about to respond versus react? Mm-hmm. Seconds. But had I not known how to do this, I probably would have got him coffee, right? This is the whole confidence thing. Mm-hmm. So it's confidence and knowing your plan B. My plan B has always been, if I have to go to work at Starbucks, then I'll go to work at Starbucks. It's okay. I'm going to position my life where I can make enough money at Starbucks to cover my expenses. That's a really good plan B because then you have confidence that if they fire me at this moment, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I can go to Starbucks and still cover. I won't lose my house. Yeah. So is my plan B, which coincidentally, how funny now he's asking me to make coffee. And I'm thinking of, I'm already, my plan B is being a barista at Starbucks. So I grab his hand and this is a risky move. It doesn't always work for people. We've talked already about having fun. I bring humor. I can make jokes in the weirdest times and space and it works for me. I don't recommend it. Everybody use humor, but it works for me. Mm -hmm. And it's risky and it hasn't always worked. It doesn't always with everyone, but it's going to, or I'm going to get fired and I'm okay with it. So I grab his hand. I still, it's just like, as if it was yesterday, (laughs) I skip him out. We were talking about skipping and jumping and running around. I skip him out of the room, like a second grade school girl, dragging him behind me. Now this is like a guy that could easily be my father. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, what the, what the is going on? Right. And I'm like, oh shit, I excuse me, I'm gonna get fired. So I get I take him out to the coffee cart, but I'm like, but I'm gonna go down in flames. This is gonna be yeah. great. So 
I proceed to walk him step by step how to make coffee. All along, like I swear, dripping with sweat down my back, going, oh my God. But I could see him. He was like so frustrated to like almost utter amazement to like downright, damn girl, I respect this. And I could see the change. Mm-hmm. And then I said, and you know what, you know, that old saying, like, if you, if you give someone a fish, they eat that night, but if you teach them how to fish, they will eat forever. And I go, now you never have to ask someone like me again to ever make you coffee. And then when I walked in, walked back, I'm like, oh my God, is he going to like hit me in the back? <laughs> What's going to happen? Cause it was the craziest move, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you. What I wanted was to be respected. My number one value is respect. And when it was compromised, I need to stand up for that. So I did. After that, Jeannie, I saved you a seat at the table. Or seat next to me. Hold on, hold on, Tom. I think Jeannie just said that. Hold on. Let's get Jeannie's opinion before we make a decision. And I'm like, excellent. It worked. Yeah. I gained this gentleman's respect and also the respect of everyone on the team. When my CEO, my boss called me in, I thought I'm doomed. He mm-hmm. said, well played, sister, well played. Mm-hmm. That right there, I think changed the foundation for women in that organization. Mm-hmm. But I did it respectfully. And there's a lot of women in the work world that I have had to work with, in a sense, to tone them down. Like, you don't want to be a woman showing up just like the men because you're not. We are are men and women. We're programmed differently. Mm -hmm. Be who you are with a lot of courage, confidence, and self-esteem, knowing that you know what you're doing. And ladies, I got to tell you something we can actually do it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I say, I, I just, women are amazing in the workplace when they're given an opportunity. And mm-hmm. so that, that is a, that was one of my experiences that were life-changing for me mm-hmm. and proved that if you stand up for your values that are being compromised, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And even if I got fired that day and I went to Starbucks, I would have known I did the right thing for me. And that's really what we have to do. Mm-hmm. We can't bow down to, to the book and to the people who are just like, no, this is the way we do it around here. When we in our gut feel it's not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. don't do it. Don't compromise yourself because that's the one person you can't let down. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And and how how often... Are the people that you're directly impacting hoping that you show up as yourself and needing that that medicine or that impact that only you as your whole being can bring? Yes, I love that you actually bring that up because when you show up as a confident leader and you're willing to take risks and you allow your staff to do that same thing without judgment and without ramifications, Mm -hmm. let them show up that you establish that relationship of trust. And when you have that trust, that's truly where the connection starts happening. And without this connection, you can't retain employees. No, you can't. Mm -mm. And the people will say that they, they leave because of the money. It's never about the money. 
Mm-mm. It's about the direct relationship with their manager or lack of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so when you show up strong and you show up vulnerable and you show up authentic, guess what? You're being a role model and allowing them to do the same thing. That's all people want to do. Mm-hmm. And I call, I'm calling them newbies now, the people who are entering the work world. I don't think that's an offensive term because the reality is if you flip it, I'm an oldie. And so that would be more offensive to myself. So I've been calling them newbies. And I think they, I do believe they are showing, and I'm so proud of them. They're showing up more whole than anyone has ever. In my generation, we would put our work hat on and we'd take it off and go to half air. The next day we'd put it back on when we got in the elevator to go to our floor for work. And I always thought this is the weirdest thing, because if you were going to be an actor, why don't you go be an actor in Hollywood? So I grew up in L.A., right? So I could have gone into the film industry and all of that. But I thought people go to work and act a certain way. What a challenge that is. Mm -hmm. And when you go home at night, how exhausting is it to act all day? Yeah. So I was like, no. I'm going to wear that same hat day in and day out. And I was, I was very much, that's why I wasn't typical, but the, the newbies now, that's what I'm like. So I can relate to them more so than any generations later. I fully relate because I've showed up that way all my career. And I wasn't for everyone. I had managers go, I, I don't understand how, how mm-hmm. this you show up like this. And I'm like, then, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I would go on interviews and I would get a feel for the environment and the culture and the energy in the room. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cut this interview short because I don't think I'm going to fit in here. So, and, and you know what? You have every right to do that. And now more so than ever, they're doing it and they, that's their expectation. And I have leaders in their forties and fifties, like help me understand these, this new group. They just want to be whole. They want to be seen for everything that they are. And I, it's so exciting to see people just showing up in any way they want, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if, and if the manager creates specific measurement and expectations of the performance, then what difference does it make what the shell looks like? Right. Let mm-hmm. them be. A hundred percent. My my husband shows up as his his whole self at work, and I couldn't be more proud. And he says all the time, "I'm spending more time with you guys than I'm spending at home. Why can't we just be and have fun? I mean, here we are all together, and it, it's a boring job. Why can't we just have fun with it? Why is everybody miserable? Because they're they're putting a square into a round circle. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it, it's, or they're trying to make people comply with things that don't matter. Right. Exactly. Pick and choose, Pick and choose what's really going to bring the revenue into the organization. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose what matters because the organizations who have a really fun and energetic culture that people want to work for, also the selection process. Like you have to have, a process where you really find people who either challenge your culture, which is great. So you bring in an odd, I, an odd one out, but that's good so that you're shifting up things. You don't want everyone mm-hmm. to be the same, but you have to have systems and procedures in place to, to like somebody who interviews everyone to, well, you know, a system so that you hire the right people and have a good diverse group. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And this is, this is, I, I love this conversation because I see it so much in medicine too. I might not be because I'm working remotely. I'm not interacting with too many of the other providers right now, but I'm interacting with my patients. And I had this discussion with my husband a few weeks back. He go, he was making fun. He's a pharmacist and he was making fun of me because I use the same 20 prescriptions for all of my patients, no matter what their diagnosis. I mean, that's just what I'm comfortable with. And, um, He's like, how does that work for everybody? I said, I don't think it's the medicine. I think it's me. 95% of my patients get better because I'm, like you said, vulnerable with them. I validate them every step of the way, no matter what. And they're so used to medical providers saying, no, you don't know better. I know better. And I asked them, here are your options. Here's a buffet of, of selections. This is where I'm leaning towards you. But what does your gut say? I and like, wait a second. <laughs> I love that because that is not typical mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, this is so refreshing. And she is actually acknowledging that I have a brain mm-hmm. and I've done my homework and she's giving me options. That is beautiful. Great yeah. job. Yeah. I have, I've always practiced that. And, and, you know, I, I find that it's, it's somewhat, it can be challenging for me to continue to practice as my whole self within medicine, because it's so confined. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and um, you know, there's certain things you can't bring up. So there'll be times where I, I put the keyboard aside. I said, and I say, I'm not writing this part down, but I'm telling you it's okay to do this. And I'm not telling you, this is, this is not, provider Angelica talking. This is another Angelica talking. You need to go see a medium. <laughs> I can't write those things down, but it's yeah. going to be helpful for you. And that's what my, my, my heart is just screaming out. And otherwise I'm not doing my job and not seeing you as the whole person either. I love it. Nice job. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's exactly why. And you're right. And I love that you acknowledge your strength of the reason my patients are getting better is because of me. I'm giving yeah. you this different it's option. True. Yeah, that's the confidence. A lot of people are like, don't give themselves credit. And I think that that's important too. Mm -hmm. celebrate those wins and how you're showing up differently for those that matter to you, like your patient. Yeah, it's it's gotten to the so so the company I'm working for right now is is not in my state. It's out of state. I, I hold a few state licenses. And um, again, I haven't met any of the providers outside of my supervising physician and my supervising PA. But it's gotten to, the, and there's there's 40 offices within this company, maybe wow. 75 or 100 different providers. Wow. And yet the patient care coordinator has picked me up, not like in the car, that'd be cute though, beep, beep, um, <laughs> has picked me out, I should say, and sends me patients that say, I didn't, I don't think my provider, my provider is listening. I want a second opinion. And she sends me all of those second opinions because she's already wow. figured out that I listen based on what other patients have said. So that's, I, I've only been here, not even six months yet. And that's it, beautiful. And that's, it's just, you know, show, and it, it kind of at the same, you know, I'm proud of myself. Yes. But it, it's, it's this frustrating part too. It's like, well, I could be making a bigger impact outside of my patient schedule too. If I, if I, if I could just be given the opportunity and how do you write that on a resume? Everybody gets better. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, that kind of just seems like an out there statement. Um, but no, I, I guess my, my point being is in all aspects of life, showing up as yourself, your full self. And we can't, and, you know, maybe we can't always do it, but you know, most of the time, cha- it changes lives. It changes lives. 
Absolutely. And what you touched on about listening, this is an issue. People don't realize that the number one aspect of communication, the most important part is listening. And they think it's all, how do I talk and how do I communicate and what do I say? No, it's about listening to the person who's talking to you mm-hmm. and being fully present. Yeah. Not many people do that. And you do. You should mm-hmm. be very proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. And in a short period of time, you have a wonderful relation or um, reputation that you're building. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, you will impact more people. It's just a matter of time when one day you're going to wake up and something's going to percolate. And you're like, I have this idea. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be right in line to do that mm-hmm. and help more, have an impact on more people. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, it makes it, you know, certainly the days are, the days can be um, exhausting and draining, but to have the patients get better the next two or three visits, or I even had, I I almost cried after this visit this week. She, she told, she cried the whole visit and she said, thank you. I have never felt seen like this before in my life. And I, I mean, I, I hated that that was the first time she's saying that at 32 years old, but really grateful that she was in that space with me and that I was able to really honored to be able to see her feel that way. It's honoring. And it's, it's so rewarding that no price tag, no dollar amount, no paycheck can. And that's, I get that because I have been there where the reward had nothing to do with financial. And I'm like, this is why I do it Mm -hmm. because it, I, I get so much more out of it. And, and it's all about if, if this whole world could just be a slight little bit more kinder and generous with their, their abilities to help others, it would be a different world. Mm. So you and I, like you said, there's a reason we've connected because I do truly feel we're on that same path. Mm -hmm. And what you said about your patient being seen for the first time this is so huge right now. And it's so huge in corporate because mm-hmm. that's why people leave. They don't even know who I am here. Nobody yeah. actually have has ever asked me about me. And I coach leaders all the time. Hold on. What do you know about her? What do you know about him? Well, mm-hmm. I really don't. They don't share. Have you asked? Yeah. Well, I don't want to know about their personal life. It's not about like asking them, you know, who they slept with over the weekend. And we're not going there. What I'm saying is, what do you know about them outside of work? What do you know that they're not able to bring into the organization as themselves because they're they have fear of either being oust, fired, disre- whatever it is, they're afraid to bring themselves. So they're putting on that hat and acting. They people don't want to do that anymore, especially after 2020. Like who are we? Who do we want to be and where do we fit in? But managers, leaders, you have to ask them. And every, in every Zoom meeting and every one-on-one, hey, we're going to spend the first three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you got, whatever they need. And it's an individual thing. Some people take a long time to get what they need out. Some people lay out top three in in one minute flat. Mm -hmm. What does that person need? It's called situational leadership. It's how you manage people for what they need. And everybody's different. And I think that's what's kept me in HR decades and decades is because everybody's different. Yeah. It's like a whole new day. And it could be a whole new day that Angelica today is like this. And guess what? Mm-hmm. She's this way tomorrow. And I'm like, where 
wait a minute. You know, it's because we we have a life outside of the office. So get to know your staff and ask them. And, you know, on the one-on-one. So we have we have 50 minutes ever or 60 minutes every week. How much time do you think you need or how much time? Like ask them, like work, um, co-collaborate a plan for those meetings. And then the, I always tell the manager, start out with, you know, before we jump into the the goals and objectives and and measuring where you are this week and what coaching you need from me, you know, how is Mary or how's your mom? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I know you lost your dog or I know you were working on those tomatoes. Did you get rid of all of the bug, the, the worms, tomato worms or whatever? Like, it, but it has to be sincere too. So that's the other thing. I think you and I are very similar. Like we care about people. Mm-hmm. So we take the time to remember certain things. And some managers don't give a rat's ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, then maybe that manager shouldn't be a yeah. manager. And right. I had this conversation with someone yesterday. Maybe management isn't for you. Because if it's that challenging for you to try to get to know people and like people and care about people, maybe you should be an independent contributor. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. There's those kind. There's that uh, career path where you'll be equally successful financially, if that's how you measure it, mm-hmm. and not have to be responsible for other people's management. And mm-hmm. when that when you switch that up, the people in those roles underneath that were reporting to the manager are relieved, too. Because yeah. they both sense it. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. It goes back to it goes back to the beginning conversation of of shoulds. Well, yes. the next I need I need to work my way up to the corporate ladder because that's what I should be doing, and that's what's going to yes. make mom and dad proud, and that's my grand. I always have to be a hard worker, and then you're not showing up as yourself when yeah. something else could be better. And I think that's that right there. If we could solve that world problem. You would have these people who weren't going home after work all frustrated. And I'm doing this air quotes, kicking the dog. Cause if you dare kick your dog, don't do it. Yes. Actually, I laugh because I have, I've, I've historically, I rescue adult female boxers and boxers like to wrestle. Mm -hmm. And so one day I did, I was doing kickboxing and I did just like a really light roundhouse kick with my foot just to goof around with my dog. Boxers have that big, broad, pretty strong chest. Mm -hmm. She threw her chest into my foot the same time my foot was coming around. I was just going to tap her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Broke my foot. Holy moly. And you know what people told me? Don't kick your dog. Like I wasn't, I was good. (laughs) Now two different things, but they used to say people who are so frustrated at work, they go home and they kick their dog, right? Like um, you want people to enjoy their day life mm-hmm. in the office and enjoy so they can enjoy their personal life and it bleeds mm-hmm. the the energy bleeds over into their work life so you want happy dads or happy moms yeah. who go home so that when they greet their kids after school they're happy 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 that only happens when you can be yourself right close to 100% of the time so yeah. yeah, there's sometimes you have to bite your tongue. I mean, you're, you're in the medical industry. Oh, I have to bite it all the time. I remember when my mom was in the hospital and I wanted to go like grab these doctors that were in charge out of rooms and tell them how I felt because they mm-hmm. were, you know, I'm, this is my mother. She's my pride and joy. Right. And you're not giving her the attention, but you have that. So then you got to just be patient. You got to understand that there are patients that also need 
um, assistance that might be bleeding or not breathing. And so there's those type of things that you can't just go, go for what you feel. You have to be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And, and keeping in mind the same, and I know you, you do this too, is just keeping in mind where they're coming from too, as providers, they want, they didn't go into this for most of them didn't, well, some of them didn't go in for it, for the money you, you come, you, you start your career and I may be speaking for, uh, definitely speaking for myself and hopefully not speaking over anybody, but you come into your career thinking you're going to solve the world. And then the, the, again, the confines of policy and medicine and legality, it's just, it, it breaks you down over time. I mean, we love to spend 45 minutes to an hour with patients, but we don't get paid if we do that. Yes. And when I learned that about the whole system, I was just like, wow, this is just not, well, it's not fair. Mm -hmm. And then I remember my mom saying, life isn't fair, get over it. And so it comes down to being just this business run, but you're dealing with human. And now when you get, when you have a PA or a dog, dog, whoever, who's giving you the time, it's like, well, this is so refreshing. Yeah. So you're doing an amazing job. I've noticed I and when my recent doctor experiences, they're taking more time. So I don't know if their reviews have come back so bad that they've had to change the system a bit, but it seemed a little bit more. Um, I was I'm excited for what the future may be turning for the healthcare and the t- the time with the patients because it appears I've been given way more time to like share what I've learned, yeah. you know, about, cause I'm a research, I research everything before I go in. Mm-hmm. And like, these are the three things, like you were saying, you give them three options. I go in with these, I need to know about these three things, which one is it, you know? Yeah. So yes, yes. hopefully, hopefully, but I get it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really tough what the parameters are and how yeah. what they have to work in the con- mm-hmm. confines. Yeah. And, and I'm very fortunate where I am now because it's not as confining. I, I do have set patient appointments, you know, but if I have a patient that needs a little extra time, I just send a message to my clinical coordinator. I'm like, let my next patient know I'm running, running behind and, you know, continue that domino effect and let them know because you want to, you want to close them off in a good way. Not just like, gotta go time up time. Yeah. People feel that. Oh my gosh. All the time, all the time. So let's make it our goal to spread the word to anybody who's working with others to show that you care. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, how, how can you learn how to care about others more? And if you really, really, truly are honest and true to yourself and you don't, then maybe you should get out of those, get out yes. of that role and get into something different. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. You say that that's something that I, I shared with my, I, I had a wonderful nurse, my, and during primary care and we're still very close and I'm so grateful that she was paired with me early on. And I shared with her starting off, I I told her, I'm promising myself that the moment I cannot be myself or the moment that I turn cold is the moment I leave this, this job. That's a moment where I feel harsh is the moment I leave this job. And that's my, that's my indicator each time when I leave a, leave a certain role for whatever the reason may be if, and usually it's because I'm burnt out from not being able to be myself, you know, so the it's burnout is real. Mm-hmm. And right now, a lot of people are experiencing it. I love that you are in tune with yourself and you know, when I'm getting these feelings and the emotions are here, I got to be done because yeah. now I can't provide that care that I know I'm 
I can do and I know my patient deserves. Correct. That's huge. And that's why I left and went out on my own Mm -hmm. because I was having to approve things in this corporation that I worked for as VP of HR that didn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them was there were a hand, there was probably 12 people who were um, eligible for MBOs. So bonuses based on these objectives that they had achieved. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I wanted the, I, I was a signature, uh, my signature was required on the form and the CEO. So I went in and I said, I would like, you need to sign off on these and it's X amount of money for the total. He's like, well, I'm not going to approve those, but I need your signature on this form for bonus for myself. Mm. Cause we couldn't have both. And I said, well, that's not right. They earn this. They went above and beyond. They're expecting these because the numbers don't lie. We've met the managers met with them every week mm-hmm. for three months. They deserve this. Why are you wanting that bonus? You're the CEO. Come on. Your salary is enough anyway, right? I didn't say that part, but what, mm-hmm. what would you do to deserve that? And I said, you know, and I'm, I'm not signing it. Wow. These people deserve this. This is the right thing to do. That is not. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I think this is, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I think my core values and who I am has been compromised too much at this organization. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep at night based on the decisions you're making and my involvement in it. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so I'm with you there, you know, and the only mm. thing I missed was that paycheck. You know, I was like, yeah. dang, cause I gave up a big fat paycheck, but it's mm. not worth it in the end. No. If you can't go, if you're a person like we are and you can't go to bed at night super happy about the decisions you made that day, Mm -hmm. then you're doing something wrong. Yep. And we all know those people who don't even take the time to think about their day. And they've made some decisions that I would be mortified if I was involved in. So they don't really have a conscience, but we do. And so if things like that, you're involved for the listeners, if you're involved in something like that and it's eating you up, you got to figure out a way to get out of that because I need to tell you, I know a lot of women, at least three, three of them who have passed away from cancer Mm -hmm. because they did, they weren't, they didn't make changes. And every day they went to bed with something eating them up. Yes. Your psyche does amazing things Mm -hmm. and not in a good way. Amazing to your physical being. If you continue to ride that road day after day after day. Mm-hmm. have your plan B. It's okay yep. to be a barista. It doesn't matter if you have all the degrees on the wall. If you still want to go be a barista, be a barista. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say that like, that is my plan B. People should know that when they see me at the Starbucks drive-thru and be like, yeah, baby, I made it. Right. Because <laughs> I, it was my choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be who you are. I used to laugh all the time. I'm like, I'm just going to go scoop poop at the zoo. Because San Diego Zoo, because mm-hmm. that would be better than what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it was so stressful. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love that. The plan B. And, and so I don't think I've ever had a plan B. I just always assumed that I'd figure it out. And in a good way, like there was my confidence is that, and I actually did make smoothies and acai bowls in between yeah. jobs. Yes. And I, my, my friend, it was my friend's shop and I, she, um, she left and, and went to Barnes and Noble to go get herself a coffee and a book or whatever. And when she came back, there was money everywhere because the cash <laughs> register fell down. And she's like, Jill, your, your calm is a cucumber. I'm like, Hey, Ari, like I'm trained to respond to heart attacks. We got this. It's not a big deal. <laughs> just pick up the chains off the floor. <laughs> it's like whatever. But but no, it's true. I just I, and and um yeah, I don't think I've ever felt the need for a plan B because I always figured I, I'll I'll figure it out. You it's know, very good and and to have that mentality. Mm-hmm. And I've done that lately with projects and tasks because I was almost to the point of being this anal planner. And I could, I would stay up until two in the morning until it was perfectly planned out mm. for the next day. And I was just like 2020 bless its ugly heart that, that, and what it brought to us. But it taught me that that evening mattered more than what I, and I will figure it out. I have the knowledge, skills, and abilities. I will figure out tomorrow mm-hmm. when tomorrow comes around. I don't have to be so you should have seen that. You used to have like my dad, like my, everything was like laid out before I could go to bed. I'm like, this is yeah. like OCD. This is not, this is not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's changed. So that's good. But my mom who passed away last year, mm-hmm. very wise. She always said, have at least six months worth of bills and uh, money to pay six months worth of bills in the bank. Mm-hmm. Just for your comp, your, your ability to make a decision on the fly. Six months worth of your expenses in the bank. Mm-hmm. Have a plan B. So the worst case scenario, I'm going to go be this. And that doesn't suck. That's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. So you're plan- knowing that. Mm-hmm. And there's a few other things. And that helps you be confident enough to make decisions. Like that time that I grabbed the board of, member- the board yeah. of directors and walked him out. Because you only have seconds to make a decision. But if you have these things lined up, and those things lined up don't suck. And you know, like worst case, cool. Yeah. Guess what? Brave, be brave, stand up for your value that's being compromised, respond versus react to the situation. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. And even if I did get fired then, I did have six months worth of bills. I knew that I was going to, you know, so I had my little plan in the background. Mm-hmm. And so, I share those words of wisdom from my mom and her life's plan and how she was able to continually pick up and walk out Mm -hmm. when the marriage was bad, when she was being abused, whatever it was, because she knew she was going to be okay. She had the basic, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs there. Right. Her bucket wasn't empty. She had this other plan. And even when you're in a marriage, and even if you're in a relationship, whatever it is, you got to look out for you too. And so those were her words of wisdom. And that's really been helpful for, for me. And I think that's the foundation for my confidence program that I'm rolling out is to have these little things in place so that you can take that risk. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's so simple too. You have to be simple. I have found that out too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, 
keep it simple. What's that mm-hmm. one thing? And I hate, I do not like this word. I don't even like the word hate, but the word stupid is even oh, is yeah. bad yeah, too, yeah. but it's called keep it simple, stupid. I don't uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. So just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell, I, even with my son and, and I always in HR, when I would write some message to the entire organization, who, what, where, when, and how, just like an old school invitation to a party. So I would put that who, what, where, when, and how on my email draft, and then I'd fill it in. That's how I would write every single email because people don't, especially now their attention span, it has to be shown on one screen on one, they can't scroll down and get to the point. And a lot of people write all this fluff and it's like, really, what what, what are you asking me to do? So just be direct, ask them what to do. And that's just how is an example of just keeping it simple. Yeah. Even, you know, I, I, I use that too with decision-making. Yes. If there's a big decision and one, one way just feels, or it seems like so many other things have to fall into place and you're, you're, you know, running on hope. And the other mm-hmm. one's just like clear and concise, clear and concise one, as long as your heart's cool with it. Yes. It's the way to go, you know, rather than, well, there's a lot of time, you know, there's a lot of different moving parts and hopefully this works out. So then that can fall into place. It's like, mm, maybe that's I, not the right one. Well, I think you just touched on something because a lot of people make decisions from their head. Mm-hmm. When, if you wait a minute or a second or pause for a second, what is your, and people don't listen to their intuition. You and I are extremely intuitive. Mm-hmm. Most people are intuitive. They just haven't given their intuition a chance to shine. Yes. Early on in my life, I started getting vibes of things and I'd be like, you know, I'm not going to take that route Mm -hmm. because it just doesn't feel right. And I didn't have any concrete, like because of this, this, and this, but I just went with my gut and hundred percent of the time, my gut has not let me down. And so if we get out of our head Now, it's a fine line because you don't want to always make decisions with your emotions, right? You have to look at like what happened in the past, some things, but just be kind to yourself. You know, you know the right answer. People have the answer within. This is what I, people I coach every time we start a coaching program. Now you have the answers. I have the tools to help you get that out. Correct. You know, so I think people should listen to their heart. Like you just brought that up. I think it's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And, and, you know, individuals like us are showing them that it's okay to do so. It is. Cause we were, a lot of us are raised into believing your head. Yes. Do the, do the logical thing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I was talking to someone the other day about the, you're born on a date and you expire on a date and the dash in between is yours to make. Right. So yeah. what are you going to do with that? And when you are at the end, if it's not some immediate emergency or um, accident where you don't have time to think, what are you going to be most proud of? What are you going to remember? What do you really want to have on your tombstone? You know, I don't, we won't have a tombstone. Everybody's, I have my mom's ashes right here. Like we we don't, we don't bury, but um. Because we donate everything. So what's mm-hmm. left to bury? So, um, but what do you, 
what are you going to be most proud of? Is it because you have a million dollars in the bank? Is it because you wore a Rolex and you drove a Mercedes? Like, really? Like, you know, and and that's fine if that's what you want to do. But what do you want here, down here? What feels best? And this, this particular holiday season, so I realized, I don't know why I've never thought about this before, but all the parties I get invited to are adults only. Well, I have a 12 year old son, like why he needs to enjoy the holiday spirit spirit too. So this year I'm like, you know what? We're going to have a series of small gatherings at our house and you invite you, your husband and your kids. Mm -hmm. It's the holidays are a family affair. Bring them. They need to enjoy this too. And so I don't. I just never really took the time to really think about it. You get to you go to your company, your husband's company Christmas party, and it's adult only. You go to this, and they're like, "We love kids, but this isn't for kids," you know. And I'm like, "Well, mine is. Bring all the kids. Let, let's let's." But it's not like they cost. They're not drinking alcohol and they're eating bread and butter. Like this, it's not like it's going to cost them that much more, right? Right. You're you're so right. That's so funny because we're like, "What should we bring?" And I'm like, "Oh, we need something the kids are going to eat." So yeah, it's yeah. it's. I think. We're all in different situations, but I think spending quality time with those you love is what matters most in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quality time. Now, people don't even sometimes don't even know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Because they show up. I did my time at Thanksgiving. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole other thing. If you, if, oh, you, yeah. if you don't want to go to that Thanksgiving, then don't stop saying, Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to buy this present. I have to do this. I have to, and complaining, guess what? The choice is yours. Yeah. You don't have to go. And even Mm -hmm. because you were born into that family doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. And I I coach a lot of people on this. I go, you're an adult. What's Mm going to make you happy? Yes. You have siblings, but you know what? You didn't pick them out of a lineup. And if you've grown so far apart that you have nothing in common, your political beliefs are so different that you fight constantly when you're together, support your own, your own psyche and your emotions and your mental state and choose not to go. It's going to be okay. Yeah. The boundaries you create are for your, your security, your safety. Mm-hmm. And people feel so obligated. That's the whole have to versus want to or yeah. get to. Mm-hmm. Big difference. And it's a hard thing because they're like, but it's my family. Yeah, but mm-hmm. what about you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I see so many people so stressed out in the holidays because they have to buy these presents for all these family members they don't even like. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I really don't understand that. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, I, I stuck my foot down a long time ago. I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm often the oddball out. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really, it doesn't feel right to me. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what? They don't hate you. They yeah. just think you're a rebel. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very much true. And, and oftentimes the feeling is reciprocal. Yes. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, thank God she didn't come. Right? <laughs> right? You know like, or I didn't really feel like going out anyways. I'm so glad you said it. Do you know? Yes, that I'm so glad you brought that up because so many people don't realize that if you're mm-hmm. feeling that in the relationship, whether it be work relationship, family relationship, significant other, they're feeling it too. Yeah. If there's awkwardness with a client, they're feeling it too. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just you. Right. 
So do your both both of you a favor mm-hmm. and be okay with it. This is when I was dating between marriages, I was like, I can't believe that guy didn't like me. Like I am such a good catch. And then I realized I really I know it sounds funny, right? But I was like, you know what? I don't like everyone. How can mm-hmm. I expect them all to like me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when yep. I realized that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. All right, next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had I had multiple coaches coaches always share. You know, it, you know that you're showing up more as yourself if you have people who love you and people who just cannot be around you yes. anymore. Yes, and that's okay. And you say that's okay. And the older I get, I realize, yes, one door closes, another door opens. Mm -hmm. Some of my very dear closest friends right now, I've not known, but two, three years. Yeah. And people come in and out of your life, Mm -hmm. a reason, a season, a lifetime. Mm -hmm. When you can figure out that difference and it's okay, let that one go. And when they're no longer... This is a hard, it's a hard way for me to say it because I like no longer serving you because I don't, I don't believe you need to get things from other people. So that's a hard one, but they do call it like that when they're, when things are no longer serving you, let them go. But when you're dealing with humans, it's more like, are they an energy sucker (laughs) drainer, the vampire, or do they, do they fill my bucket with with good. And it's not always good. Like it's really good to have healthy debate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, do, what, how do the, how am I left to feel after the call, the zoom, the interaction, the party, the time I spent with this person. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like I need, I want more of that. Those are the people you should be hanging out with. Yeah. Cause those are the people who are going to support you in your goals and help you achieve what you want in life. And we all mm-hmm. know life is short and you get one go around in this physical form. So do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have the permission to create the life you want. It's all doable. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there should be no obligation to anyone. No. Do you know, I have a friend who doesn't talk to her mother anymore because her mother is so negative yeah. and was bringing her down so bad that she's like, I got to live my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. And, and, you know, I had um, a client that I took it through this, this exercise that kind of just came to me and it was very much similar to what you just shared. You know, what do you want your tombstone to say? But I asked her, pretend you're a fly on the wall at your funeral. What do Mm -hmm. you want the eulogy to be about? What do you want them to put in there that you were really kind and sweet? Or do you want there to be more sustenance? And that was all, and she, she knew, she knew exactly what they wanted to, what she wanted to hear, what wanted to be like her legacy. What is the legacy? Right. Um, And, and that's, that can be really impactful. Yeah. Just a couple months ago, um, I became certified as a confidence coach through ACI. And one of the exercises was exactly that it's called the eulogy, but it's Y-O-U. And I wrote, as I wrote it, I was bawling through it because of last year I had to read my mom's eulogy. I mean, I had to write it and read it. So I wrote it from my, my only, I only have one child. My son wrote it about me. 
Mm. And so that was, it was, it was a good exercise to go through and it's heartfelt. And, but I think that, and that's part of my program is to, to go through that exercise. So it's interesting that you bring that up. I think it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and what, I mean, we can't always show up a hundred percent, like we said, right. But just to have that in the back of your mind to revisit and, and get back aligned to where we need to be, have our humanness and then get back on track is really the key. And that's how we go to sleep at night feeling so happy about that day and a sense of achievement and who did. And there's another thing. Um, this was Chris and Jen, they're in New York. They work super connector media and they always say it's hope help mm. one other person every day. Mm. And I do that every day now and just something like, Oh, you know, just something that can help that other person, whether it's a referral you know, because mm-hmm. oftentimes like I'll see in a group on Facebook, someone's looking for someone and I'll just pass it up. And I'm like, no, let me, let me, I'll text you my person who has a connection mm-hmm. with the IRS mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And it's just the little things like that, that make a difference. Yeah. Be of assistance to others. And that's what actually fills my bucket. And I think that's important for people to understand where do they get their fulfillment? Mm-hmm. How? I love it when someone's like, oh, I love the aha moment when I'm doing a speaking engagement and I can see the audience like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There's hope that I can do that too. Or if she can do it, I can do it. You've said that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's so rewarding to me. And yeah. I've been, my life has been filled with, um, what's the word I want to use for it? Um, events that have made me who I am today. And I like to share how I, lack of better terms, survived those different things, because that's how other people know it's okay for them to also take a risk and do it. Mm -hmm. We live in a small world. When we live small and we don't do what we want, we're shortchanging ourselves. And today, you'll never get today back. Mm-hmm. so make it count yeah. do and cool okay. stuff have you're, fun you're not only shortchanging yourself but you're shortchanging the world yes too. yeah see bigger picture mm-hmm. the world because you have gifts to offer others yeah get out there and do it yeah it's that butterfly effect you don't mm-hmm. you're not always rec- you might not always know the ripple effect that you're having yeah and it's interesting yeah I remember when my dad died, I I hadn't talked to him and he was killed mm-hmm. by a drunk driver. And mm-hmm. so there was no, I have no opportunity. This was 24 years ago, December 1st. So just, just 24 years ago. And I, um, I couldn't tell him. So when, at the time I wor- couldn't tell him how I felt because he's gone now. So mm-hmm. I worked in a software company and some, I was really close with the engineers and some of the engineers would say, oh, they were um, from all over the world. And one guy was from Norway and he's like, I don't talk to my parents anymore. We had this difference of opinion. And I'm like, hold the door. Mm. A difference of opinion. How are you going to feel if something happens to them? And I want to share how I'm feeling right now because I just lost my dad, you know, at that time, mm-hmm. two, three months ago. And I didn't have a chance to tell him how I felt. And this gentleman, we're still friends today. It's been all 24 years. And he says, 
Jeannie, I talk to my parents every day because you took the time to share that story with me. Mm -hmm. And I said, and you won't regret it. So my choice to not talk to my dad and having to live with that regret, but sharing that with others who don't, that's exactly the butterfly effect. Yeah. And he thanks me when I talk to him. Mm -hmm. He's like, had you just, all you did was ask me a couple questions and you sat down and quickly shared a quick story with me and it impacted Mm me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is why I do what I do. Yeah. And I do that in everything I do. Just try to try to be that better, kinder, caring, sharing person. Mm -hmm. The world needs more kindness. Oh, so much so. Mm -hmm. So much so. Jeannie, this conversation has been one of my favorites (laughs) on this podcast. And I, you know, I never go in here knowing what we're going to do and what we're going to say, but this has just been a collaboration of hearts, it feels like. And I can't thank you enough for being here um, and, and sharing everything you are and everything you have been and will be. Where can people find you if they want more of you? Because I can't blame you there. I keep thinking maybe I'll take a plane to California. We can get some Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, most definitely. So I'm at probably the easiest way, and I have most of the information up is on the website. It's dynamism, D-Y-N-A-M-I-S-M, leadership.com. And I'm going to have a link to the confidence course. Um, we have It's an application process because I want to be very selective of which eight to 10 women are in this group because that's going to make the difference for them. Mm-hmm. And um, also, if anyone's on Instagram, that's probably where most of my activities at. And that's Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-I-E Smith, 777. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I think you and I are going to, I think we're going to have this connection. So if you feel I think like, so yes. like oh, I'm thinking about Jeannie, just reach out and I'm going to do the same because I feel like exactly there's a reason how I work. we have come <laughs> together. Yes, I agree. I agree. Thank you again, Jeannie. I can't thank you enough for being here and being you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Bolden.